When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Bet Online, our exclusive wagering partner. Bet Online, of course, where you get all your action on NFL football, NBA basketball, about to get started up in the coming weeks here. And Bet Online AG is the place you want to go. More options to wager than anywhere else online. So, online today, take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the code CLNS50 when you go to betonline.ag. Once again, betonline.ag, code CLNS50, gets you 50% off your initial deposit. All right, live Sunday afternoon. We're going to promise to keep this a short one. We may not even come out and do anything for the first 12 minutes. Just oh, exactly. me. Like In honor of the Celtics, this yeah. is the yeah. old show. And just stare at each other. <laughs> okay, I guarantee. Uh, I, I guarantee. I guarantee we're going to put more effort into this than the Celtics put into the show. Put into the game today. I think this I was bad. Yeah, yeah. This was so bad. Uh, th- this was the one team that you knew for a fact. If you did not give a decent amount of effort, you're going to get your ass kicked. Charlotte has been playing like this all season long. That's why they've been a top five, top six team in the Eastern Conference, because what they may lack in overall elite talent, they more than make up for in competitive spirit, the ability to compete and consistent effort. And our good friend Scary Terry was among the many bodies that was just absolutely killing them, the Celtics in every way, shape or form, both ends of the floor. Right, yeah. absolutely, and, and I think the Celtics try to get into like a shootout with these guys. It's like, no, that's not what that's not what you do against this team. You play hard, gritty defense and try to rattle them. And I thought it took literally about two and a half quarters before they really tried, or at least maybe little spurts of it here and there. But for the most part, it was like, oh wait, okay, now we can we can come back again. You know, we can do what we've been doing before against this team. It's like, no, no that's not going to happen, especially yeah. Charlotte. When everyone's riled up, what was it, three or four players, three Charlotte guys already in double figures by halftime? These guys are ready to go. They're ready to cook. You know, the Celtics needed to get back to that that gritty defense and slow them down, punch them in the mouth defensively. It felt like they were too cool for school out there on defense. I, I didn't get it, at least in the first quarter. That's what it looked like. That play where, Tate, where Tatum just nonchalantly throws the ball back and T. Rose picks it off for the layup in the first quarter, yeah. to me, was the game in a nutshell. That's where it all fell apart, yeah. That's yeah, honestly right – that's honestly might be the play you remember from the season. Absolutely, absolutely. It's, might, it's, it, we didn't re- we didn't realize at that, that might be the, that, like that, that was going to be the game in a nutshell right there. That's that might there. be the signature. That might be the signature play of the season. I, I, Jimmy the doesn't think so. Low light. One of the signature I, low light. I It's just emblematic there. of the who gives a shit. Yeah, just the worst ever. And and you're and a former teammate of yours who left. Who you got rid of is like that was very symbolic. That it was, like, was, was like, yeah. th- thanks, that, losers. Or how about yeah. Wanamaker with those floaters? I'm like, oh man, that that was like your well, dude, stick on Celtics that Tatum play for a second. When it was when it was on when he was on the Celtics, man, he was giving it to him. I know everyone says, and we've talked about it at various points this season that you can't bench guys, they don't do that in the NBA. Blah 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 blah. If that you're ever it. gonna do it, it has to be there, <laughs> even for like 30 seconds. You know, that they go was, into a timeout, yeah. Kemba's giving them an earful. Obviously, there was a big discussion on the sideline after that. But you just have to sit him down, reset, get his focus in the right place at the very least, and then send him back in there. To just run it out again after that, I thought was a terrible look. And it showed throughout the course of the game. Bunch of dead stretches, the defense obviously being an issue. But I thought the offense was as much of an issue. The movement wasn't there. It was just individuals trying to figure it out. Perk said it on locker room last time, you know, I mean, how many times did he talk about, you know, stuff that the coach has to do, you know, and you absolutely should bench a guy if he's not playing well. And if he's not doing stuff like I, that, I, I do not understand not pulling Tatum out of the game there at that time. That was an absolute message. Like, listen, guy, 
you're not there yet. And this is inexcusable. We have got one problem right now, and we keep bringing it up over and over again. We're really loose with the basketball, and we're losing this game, and you're just flipping it back there. And it's that, it's that general nonchalance he does he plays with from time to time that does drive people crazy. It's what lost the game on a, Saturday or Friday. last game, but he – But, John, almost- I thought you – I thought you would have liked the, uh, the 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 emphatic wholesome substitution that he did. I, I thought that was a message right there. No, you, you didn't think so. The what? dead ball, the 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 full the full you know wholesale substitution. Yeah, they did it a few minutes five. later. They yeah. did it later yeah. though. That moment right there, you call you, a timeout. You, you wanted it right the court, there. He's on the court to call a timeout before the layup even goes in. You sit him on the bench, at least Tatum on the bench. I would have pulled all the starters right there. That's that what start. I was thinking. I would have taken the whole unit out. I to see that moment happen right then and I, there. I, I tweeted it. I said, yeah. bench them all. all but at them. that yeah. moment, at the very least, Tatum. Because you missed a shot to send a message, but also to the rest of your team that those guys aren't accountable. Like I right. said, I joked about it last game that Tatum's on an eight-second violation waiting to happen every single game. That nonchalance is a freaking kill and people feed off it everyone's talking about like energy energy you know like play with yeah, it against the way it. charlotte plays and play exactly, versus charlotte no, right. they play with energy and they end up with open threes on the back end of those things like and that's they, my know, point you don't too. have the artillery to match that exactly <laughs> like you can't play like charlotte i mean yeah i'm with you on that for, for sure that that's the yeah. same attitude i'm talking about that nonchalantness that like Sherrod, oh, it's the sorry, I, I cut off Sherrod. Sherrod, you were trying we'll to get in up. there real quick we'll catch up no, no that's the real, real quick yeah you're right josue my thing, my thing is this. I, I think that picking on Tatum is, is just low-hanging fruit, and I'm with you. I think that whole group should have just been sat down because, to me, it's not been. just yeah. the one guy. When you start looking at that entire unit and the lack of hustle, the lack of energy, I mean, freaking Miles Bridges, they're making him look like freaking Michael Jordan out there, pinning guy stuff on a glass, coasting into the lane uncontested. Oh that should never happen. Flying. <laughs> I don't care if you. I don't care if Rob Williams is not around and you don't have that that strong interior post presence. Guys should be put on their ass if they're going in the lane like that. But you know what else? One one hard spot. You're not trying to hurt anybody, but you need to send a message. For the most part, right? That starting five: Kemba Walker, Tristan Thompson. Like these guys are seasoned vets. Like you know, Kemba, you're back in Charlotte. You know, I I know it's cliche to to assume or at least want to see him put together a great performance back home. It's been a while. It's been a couple of years, you know. I thought Kemba was okay tonight. Kemba but again, yeah. individuals yeah, didn't, individuals yeah, didn't connect to each other and reinforce each I other like, and make each other better. I like better. how he was attacking the rim at least. But I, I just – in that fourth quarter when the offense went stagnant, I mean, I just don't – some of those layups, the up and under, you know, like getting into the rim, just not getting it to fall though, like it was tough, man. It was just frustrating to see, especially in the fourth quarter when they're they're four for twelve to start at the fourth. It's like, okay, well, this isn't happening. No comeback. And for the analytics people out there, Tatum was a minus twenty-eight. Mm. Analytics How? are not. You you want to look I at mean, the simpler? Yeah. Your best he player, like minus he twenty-eight. Like a minus twenty-eight. He was invisible oh. except for when he was doing something that was wrong or was something that was lazy or careless. Like you just right. can't have these massive swings from your star from your superstar player there has to be some level of consistency at the top or everything below you just falls completely out of whack like oh god this is a game where tatum's invisible okay um you know hit the panic button you know all of a sudden you've got guys coming in off the bench that are playing you know in positions that they don't typically play in they're playing more minutes than they should and there's just no flow to the game you know it takes a while for you know when you're when your top guy is just completely out of it takes a few minutes for everyone to be like, okay, Tatum doesn't have it tonight. Let's, you know, recalibrate here. And now, you know, Brown's got to be, you know, 2.0 and Kemba's got to, you know, drop. Now Now you're banking on 25, 30 from Kemba if you want to have a prayer. And it's like, you just can't have 55 point J, uh, Jason Tatum and then, you know, 10 point Jason Tatum. I know he ended up with 19, but we're talking about points that didn't even matter by the end. Well, I'm going to – it's not – again, Josue mentioned going back to the last game with the turnovers late. It's a bunch of stuff. That lazy turnover there earlier in the game, just emblematic of the effort. But he had another one late in the game where he missed – a. he had a frustrating night shooting. Fine. He missed one down low. Might have been a putback. I forget what it was. And Charlotte went the other way. It ended up with that behind-the-back pass for the dunk uh, on the baseline. Was it Washington? I can't remember who. But it wasn't quite a transition bucket. They came back, passed it twice around in a half-court set before they ended up 
up with that basket five on four. That's because Tatum was still jogging back and had just crossed half court and just appeared in frame at the three-point line after Charlotte had already been whipping the ball around and setting up that bucket. That shit is embarrassing. And I went back and watched it again. He missed it and he hung his head and just one second later started jogging back. Uh, on it's the back to square back. one after a he great month. not do yeah. that after a great month the whole I, team you know back to square do, one you know what can't else do? do it you Opposing can't be the best player on the team and do that you can't I, do I it think- I think you especially can't do it because I think opposing teams, they're, they're hit to it. You know, they're programmed to know as soon as you get a turn, as soon as you get that ball in transition, shoot it up the floor because there's going to be a four on five or five on four. You know, like it, they know that this is going to be outnumbered because guys aren't going to get back. It's in their DNA now. This is part of their identity. The secret's out. You know what I mean? Like it's again, it's the same pattern. I, I just you could see all five guys from Charlotte. All, all five uh, stars from the Hornets, they were all programmed that way defensively. They were this all was the pretty go. much the same exact game as Friday. So you put the whole weekend in context, and that's what makes it so devastating. You can't write it off as a one-off loss. They did many of the same and it wasn't miscues bad. and other things that they did on Friday that cost them that game. And frankly, with they were with players. Them. With all their players. Yep, with everybody Rob. back. Okay. So, so you Even lose worse. that excuse. So a much worse, worse team, too. Even worse. Right. Yeah. A much worse team. All your players back. And... Except this is the team you beat by thirty at the beginning of the month. This was the I'm Marcus. Up. This was the Marcus Smart STFU game, right? Yeah. Or, or earlier, you know, when they won those back-to-back yeah. games, and Marcus shut down Terry, and they had a good game there again. And now Wanamaker's took- circle in the corner around Smart again. Oh, it's it's back to April first. The whole month is just a race. I haven't even looked at the chat. I, I can't even imagine. I I, I wasn't even sure. A lot of fire. I was going to sure talk today. I was just going to stare at Bobby the whole time and just have him justify this team's existence. I was just going <laughs> to. You should. And Bobby's you should got to. No. John, you got to post at least one of the screen. You got you got to post a screenshot, screenshot from the group text, or maybe just share it. Just share one of the comments you said during the game because, man, John, John was on. And you know the other Which excuse one? that's I gone. Forget. There's a couple. Jimmy, help me out I here. Can't. What's what's a good one that that came from John? It happened it happened right after the right after halftime, but at some at some point in the third quarter. I had to go back. Yeah, you're right. There was a good amount of them today. Uh, the other thing that makes this point. worse, and Sherrod alluded to it, the, those splits between the starters and the bench. When the bench came in in this game, they actually held it down and at least stopped the bleeding on the defensive end of things. And you, you look at those plus minus splits between those guys. It's like, you know, minus one, a couple of bench guys were actually in the positive Fournier among them. This came down to those starters not getting it done and just getting brutally outplayed by Charlotte's group. And I, I thought the way Charlotte opened this game, we talked about the Tatum moment, but also attacking Thompson because the Celtics were going right inside. They're like, all right, you're going to put P.J. Washington at center. You're going to have the small ball group out there. We're going to try to attack you in the middle. And Charlotte was swarming. They were knocking the ball away from him in there. They were fouling him. A hard, nice foul early by Miles Bridges that set a tone. Thompson goes out there and misses a free throw. And the Celtics just kind of got out of their game trying to attack a mismatch that, frankly, they weren't all that well-suited to attack. And it was a great move by Charlotte. Don't stop Biombo trying to match up with Thompson. You have a faster, more versatile you know, quicker, more aggressive attack on the wings here. You can play a four style guy at the five against Thompson and not get burnt there. Just rotate inside and you can block do it his shot. All the time. Yeah. 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 Thompson was horrible in this game. He didn't react to what they were doing against him. He just kept going straight at the defense, how they yeah. were collapsing on him. And that set a bad tone early as well. And they kept going back to that. I know Brad doesn't have a great small ball personnel to match up with that. This Jabari year. would have been the answer here. What was strange was, I was thinking the same exact thing, Bobby, and then I looked at the halftime splits, and Jabari, all the way in, well into the third, was it was it five and again, minutes? No, Luke. Five, yeah, five minutes total. Um, and, and while Charlotte's doing that with a small ball lineup, that seemed easy there, or yeah. a lineup where Fournier was playing, and you had Tatum out there, and really no center. You could put Tatum I, at Washington, yeah, yeah, exactly. You could have done that what, easily, and they didn't do it. Yeah, here's a problem though with playing playing. Fournier and, and playing Parker more. The lack of practice shows when those guys are on the floor. There is a there is a disconnect like between what they're supposed yeah. to do yeah. and where they're supposed to be Especially and what Fournier the hell is happening. Defense. And it seems yeah. to be throwing everything off. 
And it's not making an excuse for those guys because if you're wide open, you should make the shot. I don't give a damn how much practice you have. But when you're supposed to be in certain spots, like when that Marcus Smart made that that crazy-ass pass in the corner, which Fournier was supposed to be there, yes, Smart should have made the pass. But, again, if Fournier would have had a better grasp of what the hell he's supposed to do out there, he would have been there for that. In this game, I thought there were multiple times where he just wasn't where he needed to be. Same thing with Jabari. And Jabari tries. You you he can tries. tell that he's trying. He His was. body <clears throat> simply can't get it done. That's oh, why that he missed has to. Layup. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That was bad. He actually had a, he actually had a, a decent move. defensive possession or two. I, I thought mm-hmm. in this game, one or uh, two. One well, or two. I, I need to see him more as a small ball five because I, I don't I, like him out there at I'm all great. playing anything other than small ball five. I, I'm gonna Meanwhile, regret. <laughs> I'm gonna regret saying this, okay? But I'm gonna say it anyway. What am I about to say? Grant. This might have been a Grant game. Grant was all right. <laughs> Grant was decent. If you wanted to go small today, that's your given he the given he the fact that Fournier is still clearly suffering and Jabari's not there either and are are not ready for a larger assignment, but based on the fact that they don't know anybody on the team yet, really, and mm-hmm. or they're not in physical shape to be doing, you know, to be carrying the load. Grant might have been your small ball five answer today to and, counter this team. I don't love it because athletically, the, the smaller players Charlotte had out there were way more athletic than Grant. But I, I don't know what else he would have done there. And this was one of the few games where Grant didn't play 20 minutes, which is yeah. which is kind of ironic. Yeah, the one time where you probably should give him a little bit more runway, they pulled him back. Meanwhile, no, Semi Ojale benched. Romeo and Weird. Kurt benched. Semi's another one that fits <laughs> against the counter what Charlotte was doing. The two that guys that sense. started on Friday bench. The rotation's all over the place. Every it's single just, game, it's like a new the game Romeo, plan. The, the Romeo part surprises me, but the Shemi's just blindfolded and just kind of get throwing darts right now. I mean, it makes no sense at all. How do those guys not play a freaking minute? Yeah, until the that's end, a good you know? point. How are they not? playing at all I mean, they go from starters to nothing you can't tell me that this this team can't be that matchup based that just tells me that they, that brad thinks they all suck and that they just need to desperately hinge on you know matchup situations only to have a prayer i mean if this was a grant game yeah grant was fine i'm worried about brad guys he wasn't like a, a massive yes, said like so. that. oh yeah we gotta we gotta have a perk we gotta have a segment about uh, a perk Helping Bobby see the light, I guess. Yeah, so to, so to speak. That, that's the tease. That's the tease a, right there. A one-man intervention. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> more, more on that coming up. Oh, a one-man intervention uh, from Perk to Bobby, and those of you guys missed it. Perk freaking hung with us on locker room night, man. for oh, two. Wow. For we two hours, a lot of man. things. Kicked that's his the, feet uh, up, hung out. Wiggling his toes. One of the best Friday nights I had in a while, God. One of the best Friday nights for sure. I'm oh. hurt. That, that's such a perk thing to do, though. Doctor like, Pepper what? in one hand, Snicker in the other. <laughs> yeah, Reese yeah. Pieces. He's the best, man. He's the best. He's the best. Yeah. Anyway, What did he tell you? Real quick, real quick. No perk today, but I just want to let people know we're still doing it after the game. Honestly, guys, if this is one you don't join us on, I don't know which one you're going to come on here at this point. Because if you're not rip roaring mad and want to have your your voice heard today that means you've lost the you the will to fight okay because I, and we're close, close to that. jimmy and i were close to yeah. that we're like that's it done <laughs> like, like i don't want to do the show i thought he gave I up don't the do show this. started i don't like, want to do the show i don't want to talk i don't want to talk to you guys watch. none of it yeah. But we're doing it. We're gonna jump on there. And at this point, guys, you should be. I'm almost thinking of heading over there now because I don't want to. I'm. I don't want to talk about them anymore. I want to hear you guys talk about them. So join you know us. Uh, download yeah, it on the iOS store and come in after the game. Go ahead, Josue. No, I was just gonna say, if you want, we can do the Bobby story, and then you guys can head over to locker room, and then me, you know, Bobby, uh, Jimmy, and I, we can wrap things up here. <laughs> it's yeah. up to you. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, that's a good reminder for me. <laughs> no, we'll do we'll do that, but definitely join us afterwards because this is one of those therapy, you know, kind of. We need shows. we need to come together and get this shit out of our system. Yeah, we and need to have an uncomfortable said, conversation, guys. With that, with yes, that, <laughs> right, right. And with that being said, Bobby, go ahead, lead us in. What's what's uh what's your thoughts on on Brad Stevens now? What's, yes, what's, Bobby, what's what your development? Talk about your development. I, I mean, it's the accountability thing that he talked about. It's the lineups and game plans that are starting to fail in certain spots, not being able to make the most of the talent on hand. These things that we thought we were going to be able to count on him doing that he's done in the past haven't been there this year. And then it goes back to the ability to manage some of these stars and just the way they're 
listening to him because I do think he's a fantastic coach and I'll always defend his ability to coach this team and X's and O's and all that stuff. But at some point, if the team's tuning them out to this degree, I, I don't know what else you do. I do like, I don't think it's a great response. I don't know if they'll be able to find someone better, but we're just seeing how this team keeps reverting back to this spot. And this is ultimately who they are. It feels like this year, not the best version of themselves that we'd seen at other points this year. And so even on a healthy night, like tonight, they've had excuses. They've had all the stuff that they've gone through. You still see it. And so I like, I'm not there yet a hundred percent, but I'm starting to think about it. Like if this is how the season ends, if they're in a playing game like this and it ends like this, I don't know how you can't do it. So it's all going to depend on how the year ends. Again, we know this team looks at the regular season and is just like this doesn't matter. We got to get healthy. We got to you know get. But you know to the what? They're not good enough stuff, to do that. I know. They're not good enough to I know. do that. It's not going to work. That's the for frustrating them. part about this team. They are not a team that has the capability of flipping a switch and winning 10, 12, 14 games in a row. They're not that good. And my problem right now isn't that they're losing games. It's the fact that they're showing a level of non-compete more times than they should. I don't, I don't care if you lose to Charlotte. Compete. Brad, for some reason, has been has not been able to get them to understand that you have to play hard every game. There are too many games where they're in this cool, easy breezy mindset where we're just going to roll out here and we'll figure this out at some point. And if we don't figure it out, that's OK, because we got the future. We've got more games down the road. Well, the future is now and it's not pretty. They have to do something, whether it's Brad cracking the whip and actually just really putting guys on front street and just saying, Tatum, we need Tatum to be more of this. We need Marcus to do this. We need Jalen to do that. At some point, something has to change because whatever the hell he's trying to do to get reach those guys now, it is not working at all. Well, somebody tweeted it. Uh, it was actually Simmons tweeted it without actually like Bill Simmons looking looking it up that this was like he's like this is like the 45th time they've been down double digits and then he was actually corrected. They've been down double digits 34 times this season, okay? Unreal. And they've won like 9 of feels those like games. More. It feels like more, right? Um and so that's an insane amount, you know, in the amount of games they've played, you know, 60 plus percent of their games are down you know, I mean, what are we looking at here? 60 games, 60 games, they play 61. They're down, 30, you know, 34 of those uh, double digits. That's freaking embarrassing. That to me is, again, we talk, and, and again, I think we were talking about this on the thread. How many how many losses this year are, stri- there's 30, you know, right now, what's the record? 30 and 29? 32 and 29. Out of, out of 29 losses, again, off the top of your head, if you had to guess, what percentage do you think are straight effort losses? I think an extremely high percent of those. There's certainly times teams. You, you, run into teams. A, you, yeah. you run into a freight train for sure, but 10, 12, 15 losses, straight effort, straight effort to a bad team or a beatable team. Tons of them. And that's and then, embarrassing. And how many games can you can count them on one hand where they just went out and flat out worked the team? I mean, there's a couple recently, Denver recently, very freaking few, you know, very few. So, so this is. Oh, did we John. lose John? Oh, I thought it was me. <laughs> All of us thought we were gone with the one G. There you go, John. John. Let's take it back. John, we, we, missed, we missed the uh, end of your rant there no problem listen that effort the effort stuff that's going to come back no an effort manifests itself in many ways look at the turnover issue and that's really the brad went on a tirade pregame you know that's all we talked about on saturday was ball control because that's what lost them the game against brooklyn ridiculous stuff i did a whole thread of just the goofy nonsense that went on in that brooklyn game which was just an inexplicable inexcusable loss all things considered there and then they went out and did it again possession by possession from the opening minutes of this game right up until the end and right throughout it again they were within nine they were within 12 if they could put it together for four or five possessions at a time they'd be fine and then you see marcus smart end of the third quarter racing into a foul trying to draw a three-point foul at the buzzer and then it goes right back the other way to a miles bridges three and then they come out in the beginning of the fourth and start two for 14 and it's just like was that moment that demoralizing for everyone? They couldn't talk that out and figure that out, and everyone just sunk their heads into the fourth. But you know what, Bobby? My my thing with that is this though: Marcus was a, making effort. Was it mis Was it misplaced effort? Yes, absolutely. But. 
He was trying. He was actually putting together a tangible effort to try. Because if he gets that call, that's a six-point swing. All of a sudden, it's a six-point game as opposed to 12. We're not seeing enough guys making effort plays. That's my issue with this team. I don't care if you make a turnover, if it's an effort-related turnover, because that means you're trying. And that, that's yeah. not what I – that's not happening. Guys look like they're not trying. Right. And I can't understand how Brad can't get them to understand. At the, the To me, the lowest denominator in winning and competing is effort. That's the one thing you should never have to worry about with your team. And, yeah. and that, that to me, that is the biggest issue with these guys. It's pathetic. Right. It's amazing. Pathetic. Because when you compare it to a, a, a shot that's – and from Steph Curry land, right? You know, that that's not effort. You know, at least Marcus right. Smart was trying to draw contact and get to the free throw line and, and seek out a high percentage, you know, shot while the while the while the clock is stopped because that's what they needed. They needed yeah. a I hated the, I, I hated what he did, but I like the fact that he was at least thinking of doing something that required effort. And right. again, that's where his head uh, yeah, was at. Look, I'll at take Taylor, effort Taylor over was no- driving to the rim too. You know, he got to the free throw line. He so here's a couple. I'll take that. effort over no effort, but you can't be freaking dumb. And that was dumb. And hunting was a foul dumb. there, hunting a foul, and then turning around and complaining to the official instead of running back. The is complaining wrong. part, the okay, complaining wrong. part was a dumb part. That yes. was a dumb part. So, but and trying to do it, no. And they have rested their heads on that all year. We've talked about the they, they hunt fouls and they turn around yeah. and they look at guys and uh, enough, enough. They, I thought the refs, another moment. The, the refs hate you. Okay, they hate you. They I hate thought another. You. I, I, I yeah. thought another they moment. They still hate you. Tristan <laughs> Thompson. Tristan Thompson lobbying on just a ticky tack foul throughout the flow of the game, getting Brad yeah. to challenge that, like buying that into bad. that. And and I know uh, I was listening to Brad's pre games probably three or four uh, games ago with Grandy there, and they were talking about. Yeah, how often do you buy into the players telling you to challenge every call? And he's like, "Yeah, we press these guys. You know, you can't get mad and expect me to challenge everything and this and that. We've only got one." And then he just folded to it. Like he said this one thing on the radio, and then did this other thing on the sideline. There, there are various things with Brad like that where he just hasn't been able to stand firm on the sideline. And again, I'm, I'm looking at the quotes out of this one. Admitted he got out coached. So at some point, you can only change so many things about this team. This is stuff I, I think John and a couple of the others here have been tougher on Brad than me throughout the course of the season have said. Ultimately, going into the soft season and this stuff continues, what can you change? Like, th- there's nothing easier than the coach. So you know? here's what I would have done. Okay, like, look, I don't mind playing <laughs> the per- revelation Bobby's going but, through. But I don't mind playing the personnel games when you've got guys who can do different things well, playing to people's strengths. What Brad is doing is just closing his eyes and throwing darts, okay? Yep. And that's what that's what's <laughs> off is, I don't know, let's see if this guy's got it tonight. Let's see if this guy. And this is why earlier in the year I was saying commit to – I, again, I know it was. I wanted to see Neesmith because I thought if you got him comfortable later in the year, someone like that might bear fruit over some of the other guys you have out there. But commit to the guys who you want to see make contributions for you, and 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 have them play and have them develop and and give them roles. I, I don't understand starting guys and then playing them zero minutes, giving Neesmith the run of seven games where he's playing 15, 20 minutes and is coming in at the six, seven minute mark of the first quarter, then going seven games without playing a minute. I don't understand that. I don't think that's helping development. He doesn't seem to have a philosophy. It's not year. helping continuity. There's no philosophy. You have to determine, this is what I got. This is you're in the kitchen. These are the ingredients. Make a freaking meal. Don't just start throwing stuff in the pot and just hope it tastes good. Like this is what you've got. You don't have anything different. And I know COVID and injuries and stuff, but you gotta freaking make a choice. And it just hasn't happened. And that's what's frustrating is you have no idea what you're gonna get when these guys come in the game at any given time. I think he's trying to empower guys like that, though, like Grant Williams and, and, you know, trying to to show, like, you know what, I want you guys over there. You know, I think this is the mix that's going to work. And meanwhile, guys like Romeo and Shemmy are going to say, well, next time we get our names called, we're going to bring it because we literally got sat after starting, like you said, right? And I think that's just sort of his philosophy right now in trying to and trying to help the the this identity of this team, I guess. This is it, right? I mean, let's face it. This is what they do. You said it. The numbers say it. The numbers indicate it. They fall from behind and they try to, they try to fight their way back and 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 do it off of pride. But obviously, a team like the Charlotte Hornets, with with plenty of weapons, that have guys that are scoring in double digits, was just it proved to be too much. I just thought that someone like Romeo Langford, 
defensively. I didn't want him to start, but I, I don't understand the logic in not getting him out there, especially when the, the Hornets already drained, what, 10 three-pointers by the third quarter or before the start of the second half? Like, let's just see what happens there. Let's just try him, try him out, you know? Let and him, those things let him develop, you know? But we Those things it. that are so emblematic of Steven's teams are gone. You know, ball control, that was a staple in years past. Defensive consistency, transition defense, pushing the break in your own front. I, I pushed movement. this so hard on Friday. Ball movement, assists, that kind of stuff. It We only see glimpses of it. And all of a you sudden, these saw, staples of the teams in the past are gone. You actually yeah. saw the Hornets play exactly how the yeah. Celtics used to play. Like, you couldn't yeah. draw it up any, any yeah. differently. I mean, hustling to the ball you know, less talent going in, but, you know, have more energy and more sort of desire to win, you know, moving, whipping the ball around. I saw that they almost hit their like franchise record for assists. They were like only a few away from that today. Yeah. That 39 just tells me that the record is assists. 39 That's assists a, against you is embarrassing. I mean, most times out of the night, it was, they had 34. Like I, I, when I looked the first time it was 34 to 13 in the fourth quarter, ended up 39 to 18, but that's where it was. And again, the Celtics, you know, Jalen checks back in, Jason checks back in. Good. Give me the ball. Dribble, 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 shoot. You know, that's all it's they did all night. embarrassing as the discrepancy in fast break points uh, yeah. on Friday. I mean, yeah. it's like they're getting worked one way or the other, you know, pick, pick your poison of how, of how you want to lose on any given night. Like they but again, just don't trust, they're not trusting the game plan. Um, we, we've yeah, talked yeah. about this before. They don't trust one another to execute the roles that they're assigned to do. When you are playing a team like Charlotte and you know they're, they're going to bring energy, you've got to keep the ball moving. But you've got to keep plan? the ball moving. Like in the sense of like, Sherrod, is there a game plan beyond like a youth league soccer coach telling his team, his bunch of fourth graders beforehand, <laughs> have fun and play with energy, guys, and look for your teammates and then sitting on the sideline and that's it? Is there a plan? Like, is it something that needs to be executed? Because at this point, we're talking one minute into the first quarter, they're already freestyling and doing whatever they want to do, careless with the ball, not hustling on defense. Like, if there's a plan, it goes out the window two minutes into every game. That's not a plan. That's a pep talk that nobody listened to prior to the game. We're not talking right. about run this set, run these sets, run this offense, work the ball through this person, do this every time down the court. There's nothing there that resembles structure at all. And it's, it's, it's sad because you look at that very first possession. I thought that might have been one of their better possessions all season long. Tatum finds a way, gets gets the perfect position on the block, lays up a shot. And my thinking is if they go to this a couple more times, that's going to open things up for the perimeter guys. And if they get back on defense, next thing you know, you're looking that's at a potential. That's such a good point. You're looking at a 10, 12. To me, when you play the right way and it works, why would you not keep playing the right way? I don't understand That's that. what I don't get. They've seen it work. And exactly that. It's like you try it the coach's way and it doesn't work. And you're like, screw you. Uh, you don't you know. know. I'm going to know what it is, too, also. And they've done it so many times against other teams. It's like it, it's like they get, they get offended when a team goes off from the three-point arc. And it's like they have to match that on the other end with what, one, two, three passes or not even and, and trying to chuck a shot up. And then they go That's back another to play the right way. They, get, they go back to playing the right way, and then Charlotte goes on for back-to-back three-pointers, and then they, they go back to to, to doing those, those same mistakes. Immediately. Yeah, it kills like, me because, because they do that in the first quarter, not thinking, well, we do have another three-quarters of this damn game left to play. We don't have to get everything back in the next right. – you know, three, four, five minutes. They to go use, for the home run. To use the baseball analogy, you're yeah. down. You're down seven runs, and everybody's trying to hit a, a, a you know, a homer at the plate. Just get a need, hit. You need base runners. One right. stop on defense, and then a couple of passes the other way down. Work the offense. Get one <laughs> bucket. Thing, and come right. back and play defense again. You cannot erase eighteen point deficits with friggin' three right. pointers early in the shot clock. Just doesn't. That reminds work. me too, Joe Sway, and you you probably know this better than anyone. Try covering the team as long as you have. Forget Steven Staples, Celtic Staples in general, going back to like 2007. Three-point defense. This team's been like top five, top six in three-point defense back to like the Doc Rivers era. And this year, they're getting slammed night in and night out. That open, is shocking. Open, open. Yep. They, have, they have carried like those tendencies and the stuff that they've taught their players throughout the years on how to defend the three-point line. That's been a constant for so long through so many different teams, even that awful lottery team in 2013-14. And they can't even do that this year. It, there are so many worrisome trends. There really are. And when you look at the and you look at the roster, you don't have a whole lot of hope for the future. 
I mean, there, there aren't guys, there aren't a ton of guys that are in that young guy category that you're looking at and thinking in a couple of years from now, he's going to be a starter or he could be a major rotation type guy. Well, he, he might be a starter, but then he'll be benched for four games after that. <laughs> <laughs> Leave Romeo out of this, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. Or he's not healthy. Hey, he hit a three. It's just crazy. Like the, the, the back and forth between the roster and the rotations. I don't want to rehash everything we've talked about, but I just can't get over it. It's been like that all season long. This isn't a one-time thing. I mean, Brad will, will turn to one one player, and then you, you won't see him again for a week, you know, or a guy will play 20 minutes, and then he'll play two minutes. Or You know what, you though? Have... When you look at the roster, the one thing that they're <laughs> lacking, really all of them are lacking, they don't have a badass. They don't. They don't have that. I know, oh, but that's why when, wait, when, what when kind Tristan of badass? Thompson, I'm talking about a guy that when he gets in the game, he may not make a shot. He may not uh, get a rebound, but he's going to make his imprint on the game in a positive way. What is Marcus Smart supposed to be? He's a starter. They he's need been a more starter, than one. John. He's a he's starter a for them. And and Marcus, and, and I'll, I'll say this about Marcus. I, I think Marcus has really gone out of his way to just kind of be a more calming influence, which to me is bad Thanks. because I like it when he's not that calming influence. I like it when he's a badass because I think he's such a great player when he's doing that. Okay, I think that's when he's at his absolute best. Put him and Thompson on the bench and then let them come in with some swagger and start freaking okay. dropping bodies, okay? They should. Honestly, when Thompson got into that little that little whatever you want to call it at the end of the game, we were like, you know, Loved good, it. To, good to see a little attitude, good to see a Loved little it. toughness because these these guys seem to be getting punked out there, you know, game after game. They There's no shame about it, Jimmy. They are. Badass attitude. And like Bobby said earlier, like the like the, the blueprint's out on these guys. Punch them in the mouth to start the game and that's it. They might claw their way back and make it look interesting, you know, in the second half, but they more often than not don't have what it takes to actually make the comeback and, you know, take the W. Like they come out flat and they just kind of stay that way and – exactly what happened today i mean i don't I know what it got, is about especially these sunday games they've got decent players but they don't have players with an edge about them uh, no and, no edge. And, and and that to me to have an pretty much an entire roster other than maybe marcus smart uh jalen brown to, to some extent uh tristan thompson here every now and then but for the most part they don't have guys that play with an edge i mean i look at a guy like freaking brad wanamaker if he were on this team he would be one of the leaders in edge. oh god does uh, he play he's he already did that. No, he used to exactly. uh, he used to play for the Celtics. That was crazy. He, he, he could absolutely play with these guys. <laughs> no, I mean he's got more edge than most of the Celtics, dude. It, it's well, like what we were saying after the Nets game, right? There, there's at least three or four players that you're like, man, if the Celtics had that guy, and and some of those guys, they're all, they're third string for the Nets. You know, it, it's like the Celtics trying to match the third string guys with guys who are coming right off the bench. It's supposed to be instant game changes or at least yeah. uh, change the dynamic of, you know what, of, of what you, you of what shouldn't you need five. you shouldn't need players with edge to beat charlotte without two of its best three players like but you should I, need players with edge just in general just in so general, you don't have yeah. fallen these lows i want to say one one other thing from um our talk with perk i asked him about this is more about robert williams like you know get kg on the phone and have him spend an off season or a stretch of time with with Robert Williams, transform him into this, you know, badass, you know, KG style. Obviously, there's only one KG. I understand that. But get that sort of mentality in him. And Perk basically said, like, all it would take is a phone call from Danny. So, like, I'm just saying, like, I'm not saying get KG on the phone, but put some players around these guys that that maybe can show them what it's like to play with some attitude. I saw – I retweeted a tweet from Gary Washington. It was like, Evan Turner is in Jason Tatum's ear right now on the sidelines trying to get him, you know, out of the doldrums. Like, more of that stuff, more of those players around. They can kind of just like snap these guys out of whatever, you know, zombie-like funk that they're in, whether it's, I don't know if it's like off the court stuff that's carrying onto the court or what, but it does feel like these guys just don't bring that level of intensity that I think Boston fans are used to seeing over the last 20 years or whatever it is yeah. from, from athletes. Beyond, beyond that, Jimmy, and you're right, like you definitely have like you got your athletes and then the guys who kind of kick it up a notch and like bring that sort of energy. But to me, it's just lack of professionalism at this point. Like that's this is your job. Like you can't go out and like throw those lazy passes or, you know, just come out and play low effort. Like it just we're not even talking about guys who get in each other's face and like, you know, 
you have a tough guy kind of mentality that people can feed off of. We're talking about guys who are just kind of like, I'm not really sure I feel like playing in this game today. Like that's just lack of professionalism, uh, right. lack of maturity. It's not just <clears throat> lack of toughness. Like that's just not acceptable. And again, it starts top down. Why are you critical of players like Tatum? Because your best player can't do stuff like that. He can't do it. That can't be the guy who leads you when if, if, if that's the kind of stuff he does. Like, you can have off shooting nights. Yeah, you can't have off effort nights. You just really can't have them. You can't. Can that, and that's a trickle-down effect, too. I mean, like, your your energy is contagious, your attitude. And we, we joke about, like, the smi- you know the smiles and all that stuff. Like, it's way more than that, but it's just your your body language. Perk talked about that a ton, actually, didn't he? You, know, you talked about the language on a team that you can tell when a team is a, t- a championship-level team. You can tell just by looking at the body language. They're helping each other up. Look at the bench. He goes, he says, look at the bench when a team's playing well. And that'll tell you all you need to know about, like, the togetherness of a team. And, I, I mean, I'm not saying the Celtics – I haven't looked at the Celtics bench enough, to, but I can probably venture to guess that they aren't the tightest-knit, closest team just based on the way we see them play out there. So, Sherrod mentioned this too, and this is a factor in all of this as well, is when we look at Evan Fournier, who still hasn't made a shot since coming back from COVID and has largely looked – completely out of sorts not doing much of anything yeah and it's not just the zero points i think we could accept that but not finding other ways to get involved and contribute nothing the defense that that i was so impressed by before his hiatus is gone so again he's just sort of running back yeah he's running back and forth out there not doing much of anything and we've seen this at times this year when they're trying to integrate Integrate, yeah. <laughs> Romeo might have been a better option today. Who's Romeo? When you're looking, when you're we'll looking at, we've seen it with Kemba. We've seen it with Tatum coming back from COVID. Various other guys that have been in uh, the lineup this year. When they start to integrate them, whether it's no practice, uh, not enough ramp up time, conditioning wise, Thompson's been the lone exception that's been unable to like integrate themselves right away. It seems to throw off the whole team. The fact that you're giving these guys major minutes and Sherrod hinted at this, like what's the constant these last two games, this guy getting heavy minutes and just being out of position on the offensive end of the floor, getting burned on defense. It's a major problem. And I don't know how they circumvent that, but we've seen it a couple of times this year. And Kemba's the one that comes to mind most of how something was going well. We remember how well this team started. Then they inserted Kemba and it just completely collapsed for like the next 10 games. Yeah, I mean minus they, twenty one, minus twenty one assist differential. Their worst since December fifth, two thousand four, against the Kings. Three short of a franchise record. That's from Jared Weiss. Just oh, like discrepancy in, the, in the, work of the ball around. They had thirty nine assists. The the last time a team, an NBA team, had forty assists was in nineteen ninety six. What? Wow. <laughs> and the, and the sad the sad part I is that they probably left side. about five or ten on the table that they should have had. As an aside, I love those Kings teams because the best passing teams out there are the ones with great passing bigs, and they had Divots and they had Chris Webber, who Chris are Weber. phenomenal, phenomenal also, passing bigs. And those teams passer. are so fun to watch when you have guys yeah. being able to distribute from all over. And those teams are underrated. I love big. I love that team. That's one of the two of the best passing forwards of their era, both on the same team there with Divots and Webber. Awesome. Jason Williams too. Awesome. Stud. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Don't forget, don't forget, um, Pages Stajakovic just hitting every three pointer possible, so those yeah. assist numbers would trickle up. Yeah, YouTube it, kids, look it up. <laughs> no, it is. Those were that was a, a sneaky underrated team. Really, those, those are the teams in NBA history that don't get credit because they didn't make the finals. Yeah, yeah. Well, like NBA Live, so, so we strain threes with Stajakovic all too. game. Him people and, uh, are people are talking about it here, Jimmy, with, with Rob uh, on the on the the passing stuff. How much are they missing that offensively right now? The, the ability to because you talk about ball movement stagnates, which means more dribble, 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 which means more more guys getting trapped, which means more forces, which means more turnovers, which means more guys trying to pass the ball into windows and places that they're not comfortable doing because that's not their main role. I do think that is the trickle down off of no Rob with the ball movement and the offense and the turnovers. Um, is is real at this point um, because totally. he he makes a huge difference there and they don't have it. You've got you know black hole Tristan who gets it can't really do anything with it. 
everybody surrounds him. He either gets stripped of it or he kind of kicks it back out. And now you're scrambling late. Or in he, the just, clock. he just leans over. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. nobody's honoring like a shot outside of like five feet from Tristan as they would Rob too. So that's their, he's clogging the paint a little bit more too, preventing guys from maybe driving to the rim the way they typically would. So there's a lot of reasons there. Are we, we, are we concerned about Rob? We mentioned so this. That's yes. what I want to talk about next. I'm very I concerned. I wanted to segue there. Um, this is pretty, I mean, you guys all heard it, and we were talking about it on the text thread, just catching the people up here. We went from, when the injury started, exact quote from Danny Ainge was, I don't think it's a big, I mean, from uh, Brad, but we're, look, we're looking at this like a day-to-day -day thing when it was described yeah. as soreness. He's still Always on the happens. injury report with knee soreness. Today, Brad's comments are, uh, we, we think he's getting better, and we hope to see him sometime soon. That's not at all definitive at all. And I, I don't know what's going on here, but at this point, this has never so, been a team to, to, that's been very transparent with injuries. But this at this point just feels like absolute just cover-up. I mean, so I, I do think something – what it is, right? I do, I do think something happened in between those two comments because they had that practice last week in the middle of the week, and he – went full go in that he he was a full participant and had to be taken out if it sounded like and there must have been some sort of regression there and whatever happened because he didn't play the next night the plan was to have him practice that night and then play the next night i think it was thursday against the suns yeah that was supposed to be his return date after the wednesday practice so something happened in that practice that obviously set him back and, uh, you know, the, again, I, I talked about this injury being directly related to the blood flow issue that he had in the draft there, at least in terms of like how it's described. That was the, you know, the blood flow behind the knee is what he's dealing with now, the inflammation behind the knee. So that obviously raises red flags for me. This is this is the exact thing that turned off many, many of the teams in the draft. And so, you know, we look at the history here and how, how some of these things seem to escalate from how they're initially described. I'm, I'm hugely concerned. Well, I'm concerned because one, the impact that he makes on his team Two, the fact that as Bobby, you pointed out, it's not like this is something that's coming out of left field. This is something that has been on the radar with him from a health standpoint for a while. But if this team is going to have any shot at being, as John loves to say, the best version of themselves, they fucking they need Time Lord to be out there on the on the, on the court. The two and three since he went down because because of all the little yeah. things that he does, and that's part of their problem. They don't have enough people who are excellent role players in the little things, like setting screens, making a bounce pass to a teammate who's wide open, making the hockey assist when you know that if you get it to Tatum with his defender out of position, he can either attack and go to the rim or he can just raise up for an open shot. Little things that don't always show up in the stat sheet, but when you're watching them play, you realize, wow, Time Lord is like kind of a big deal to this team. And when you look at what they're doing in his place, it's not even close. Uh, they're getting nothing even remotely close to someone who can impact at that position. And it is literally throwing off the games of everyone else on the floor. Absolutely, Sharon. You said it best. You said it perfectly, man. And I just want to add, like, it took a while for Time Lord to get here, whether it was setting those hard screens without fouling, whether it was not jumping for every single up fake, whether it was having the hands to catch the ball in traffic to, for the easy putback. You know, like, all this – is so important for the Celtics team on both ends of the floor because on offense now that that part of his game is what's elevated this offensive you know to, to get open looks for guys you know that from 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 behind the arc all easy looks that now are not available because he's not there you know and then defensively we already know what he does there constantly applying pressure whether it's on the pick and roll whether he's on the switch it's taken him I don't know the better of what the past two and a half years or so or two and a half seasons for him to get there and this setback. I just think honestly the Celtics are being precautious. Now, if we don't see him this week, then I'm then I'm big worried. Okay. Then I'm very scared. I'm I'm like, where where are we with Robert Williams? But this are this goes back to that shutting thing. him down for the postseason. I hope that's not the case. But again, we'll have to wait and see. I, I, I'm I'm believing Brad on this one, but we'll, we'll see. We'll we'll wait for a couple of days and see if if he's out there on Tuesday. Does does the whole roster need to be healthy for them to even be able to compete, though? I mean, come on. I guess this game especially. I know Rob would have helped here, but Rob's it absence wasn't the Bobby, issue. It shouldn't, but uh, oftentimes I think, I it think does. It That's the problem. 
It yeah. shouldn't. A game like this, they should win going away without Rob Williams, but they didn't because they played like ass. Uh, and yeah. Brad has a post-game comment a uh, short while ago. I, he says, I don't think we've won a single game this year when we've played subpar. And so they don't have enough. We Jimmy said this at the very beginning of the year, and we talked about this. Do we? Do they have the horses to just walk into a gym and win without their A stuff? And the answer is no. They they, they are not good enough. They they did it there in that eight and three stretch, and they haven't since. Yes, they they're and they're not good enough to coast to victory, which means they need max effort, and it's it's a hard thing to do. The shortened schedule, people missing time. It's not ideal circumstances to go in there and bust your ass every single game. But every game they've gone out and played shitty or mm -hmm. subpar, even for very few of those have they been. I think there's maybe – which game was it? I, well, they played one Some game of the magic they, ones. One game where they played only in the fourth quarter recently and they won. It might have been a Memphis game. I, I forget what it was. They've had a mm -hmm. couple, but really not many. For the most part, if they go out there and they play subpar, they lose. So that was your uh, your Mad Brad quote. I like this one. Uh, we, we got outplayed, outcoached, and outhustled. Yep, that wasn't my Mad <laughs> Brad. That, that was just the that was my reality check. They they you don't could have take the, that quote. Yeah. You could take that Brad quote and apply it to so many games this year. I mean, nothing's changed. Like this is the same team, right? I mean, we talked about it against the the loss to the Nets. I was like, I'm not even upset about this because it's honestly what I I expected. You know what I mean? Like this is the same team. They haven't really changed. Yeah, they're going a couple. They wanted a little bit of a win streak. That was nice. You know, every every team does at some point. But fool's gold for the most part. You know, they they are who they are at this point. I think in the season. Um, and the Rob stuff, real quick, so I didn't get it. I didn't comment on it. The thing that concerns me about Rob is that, like, yeah, his minutes ticked up, but we're not talking about a player that was going thirty minutes a game. He never was. So that's it's fake. Everyone wants to say, oh, you know, Brad was right. You know, they shouldn't have put his minutes that high. He's still playing low to mid 20s at most so if, if you can't get that out of a player then i mean i don't know what, we're, what you can't expect anything out of him i i don't know i know bobby's i think somewhat connecting the dots and saying that you know the issue with him going into the draft is the same issue that we're seeing now i mean i don't think anyone's come out and said that it's it's more speculation but if that's the case then they can't then they shouldn't even consider re-signing this guy because then you're what you're saying is he can't give you more than 20 minutes a game or else he's going to have to you know, have knee soreness and miss significant time. So really re-signing him always much. comes, it comes down to the dollars and cents, Jimmy. I mean, if you're looking to re-sign him and pay him 25 million a year, that's not a good investment. <laughs> right. But you if he's looking to make significantly less than that, you know, then, then it, it's worth it. If you can get a quality 20 minutes out of him. So the price point I think is going to be interesting that they come to, because this is not good negotiating leverage for Robert Williams when it comes to getting a new deal done. Well, they, they're not going to extend them. You know, they're not going to, you know, guarantee him years into the future with that concern and others that they have. They'll take him to market. They obviously know that other teams haven't been as interested in him as they would have liked, or he would probably like eventually when he gets to free agency. So that's when they'll probably get the deal there when he goes into free agent restricted, restricted free agency, free agency. Yeah. and no one, no yeah. one's willing to give him a massive offer sheet and they'll probably get a good deal on him then. Perhaps. Well, what I wonder, John, what you, I think you may have mentioned it is, is it something that can be fixed easily with, with off season surgery. Not, you know, it's, we're not talking about major ACL tear reconstruction here. You're talking about something that, you know, they can go in there and I'm not, I mean, I'm not a doctor. I have no idea what they would do, but alleviate the situation that's causing the pain. There's supposed and to be something you could time. do. <laughs> Jimmy's yeah. always talking about being a doctor. No, but like, <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not much of a knee doctor. I remember reading about it back then. And I remember it being written off as something that like causes cramping from time to time, but usually in most people goes away like minutes later in severe cases, they're supposed to have situations where you could theoretically could damage nerves and arteries and cause different problems there if it was severe, severe, but like Rob hasn't had it flare up really in two years. And he said when he had it in the draft, he hadn't even had an in, an episode of it since mid high school. So like, right. it's it a thing that like, oh, one day you're like, oh man, I feel a little whatever there. And then usually goes away. Like that's okay. kind of, I think what it's been. So for something here going on, that w makes me worry that like, we've gone into the bad area of where this injury could go. If that is what it is. And you're talking six, seven and eight games, unless it's something different, but it sounds exactly like what's described. Well, yeah, you almost never hear back about of this. The knee, above yeah. the calf, a circulation issue uh, that causes cramping and soreness in your calf area. That's why they're calling it below the knee. It's just what they talked about out of college. So that would suck. Um, but it right. really isn't a thing that has 
it's different than the hip, you know, which is what's kept him out. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's I, I really don't know there. I think um, that's what scares me because it's not you know it's something different. It's, it's not the it's not the hip and the, the history behind it. You know. Yeah. So we are gonna head over. We have opened a room. Okay. So we're gonna close it off here. Um. And uh. So we're gonna take it over there. We're gonna talk about a couple things. Are you guys concerned about Rob? We want to hear anything you want to talk about. Are you guys concerned about Rob and? You know, what are we thinking here with Brad? Um, I know, like oh, I said, the, the chat is lit on Brad's stuff, so I want to know everybody's thoughts. My the one thing I wanted to talk about with the Brad situation is, um, I we're talking about Wick being worried about spending money to go into a tax. You think there's any chance they're going to fire a coach they extended this season, um, for five years in year one of the extension? No, they're not gonna. No, Zero but, chance. But, but how big realistically is that window, though? That's the conversation. I'm saying that would be because it's a not that stunning big. development to to extend a guy and fire him less than a year right. after that extension. Stunning. I don't see it happen. Why does Bobby do this? Bobby, you yeah, got to come in. He's messing with you, man. He's got to be messing with you at this point, man. We, Every time I we say go to the locker room, he's Bobby in your goes head. away. <laughs> And you called yeah. him out in a big way on Friday, and he's doing it again. He just did it twice. <laughs> he's he's, he's messing, with, messing you. with you, Bobby. You this gotta come dark, in. This is his dark, his dark yeah. humor side. That's what this it is. is. Look at this. Look there at this. Again. There he is again. <laughs> there he is. I sent him out this time. Oh my uh, god, bazzing right now. Yeah, there he is. You know why? We haven't talked about Cornette. That's why. I put this in my head we'll before the game, too. You stay doing this, Bob. You guys yeah. talk Bye. about Cornette. Sherrod and I are going to head over again. Locker room, download it on the iOS chat. We're going to talk for about 30, 40 minutes here and wrap it up. It's a Sunday afternoon. I want you guys to go have your Sunday dinners. Um, this is yep. a shit game, uh, but I know people are angry, and if you want to get some of that out right now, come join us. Sherrod, any thoughts here for, for this group before we head over? No, I just want to get the hell out of here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> About to get it. Let's go to lock. Sound like the Celtics. All right. Exactly. Exactly. I'll see you. Let's get it. All right. See you boys over there. So Bobby, what the what the f, man? Were you messing with him or messing with messing with John? What's going on? No, this was this was the game where I had in my head in the fourth quarter. I was gonna be perfect with it. Bob, I can't. uh, I I completely uh, botched it again. So here we are. I'm going to have to write it on my computer on like a sticky note or something like that. But either way, Jalen Brown's Jalen. Hold, hold on, real quick. Though. Get into the perk, man. Get, get into what perk, what, what, what he said Friday night that got you thinking about this team, got you thinking about Brad Stevens' role with something. <laughs> I'm just, I'm starting to piece together all the things that they haven't done this year that typical Brad Stevens teams do. And uh, just his conversation with Tatum, the way he was able to get through to him, and Brad seemingly couldn't on some of those things. And again, it just he, just hear Perk describe it the way he did resonated in a big way because they legitimately do have the players here. They they do have the talent on a night like or an afternoon like today in particular. Know, they have two players. I just and you don't even <laughs> oh, know who's showing up on one yeah. on one day. They have more than that. It's just the health. I mean, uh, I mean that's what that, that's what's most frustrating because throughout that ten game run or whenever what was it the six game winning streak throughout that span, like it was relatively a, a healthy Celtics team, no back to back Kemba. He was playing every single game, and it just gave Celtics fans hope. I think that's what makes all this so frustrating right now. Well, it was a good month. It was a good first two three weeks of this month up until this weekend. And to see that disappear as dramatically as it did here, and for them to just seemingly ignore the emphases coming in this one. I mean, if you listen to Brad pregame, he went on a tirade about ball control. And for Tatum to go out and do that in the opening minutes, it's it just like that tune-out factor that Washburn talked about earlier in the year. Like, are you guys just not listening to the like points of emphasis night in and night out? Like, is, is the practice not resonating from last week, things that they talked about in that one. There's just these little attention to detail things that you know Brad is pressing. Like, I don't think he's dumb. I don't think he's missing stuff. I don't think he's even having all that many games where he's not coaching well. But the guys aren't absorbing it. They aren't executing what they want to do. We know what the Celtics want to play like. Jimmy said it during the show. The Hornets, that style, Brad has said it all year long. We want to play like the Utah Jazz, but they're not even close. And so 
I, I don't think Brad is a bad coach. And I've said, oh, yeah, I wonder who you could even get that's better than him. And that's what Perrick couldn't answer. He said, like, Sam Cassell and didn't really have any other names. So that's still a concern there yeah. if you end up firing them. See, but, that's the hard part about the whole Brad thing because most people, or, or at least I get the sense that the people who are like, get rid of Brad, get rid of Brad, they don't have a viable replacement option, you know, because otherwise they would go hard with that take, you know. I, I think yeah. that's the biggest thing. Well, also, I'm not, I'm not the look. When I say this window isn't as big as what people think it is, just because he signed that extension, what I mean by that is, if next year, midseason, or even towards the tail end of it. If, if the core of this team feels like they need a new voice or Danny Ainge feels that way, or if the, the general consensus is that that's, it has to happen. Like it's happened so many times throughout the NBA in the past 15, 20 plus years where that just happens. A, vo- a, a coach's voice just starts, people just start to tune it out when that core has been there for an X amount of years. So this could reach that point mm-hmm. if it's not next season. Right. The, the year after that, depending on how this year ends and, of course, how they go into next year, how that transitions, how this year uh, transitions into the next one. Well, it, it's it's a good point by John that they extended them. That's a ton of money long term to throw in the trash can. And this was a weird year, too. As, as a principal, I don't think any teams, especially in college, should be firing coaches this year just because of everything that's gone on. I, I just don't think it makes sense, especially since so- sports legitimately couldn't be playing anyway this year and they've just decided to go ahead and deal with the side effects of it uh, so i'm not in general in favor of firing guy but at the very least they got to bring some new voices in here i know perk volunteered his services <laughs> indirectly <laughs> on the call there i think but he this, already he's already done it like good yeah. that phone call from t- for, for, for jason Taylor, yeah that's a long way well yeah and honestly it kind of gives you a peek in, inside the minds of how some of these younger newer <laughs> athletes how Someone they react and how they think and what matters to them. I think the, you know, Perk said it also to us, he's like, these guys are very in tune with what's being said about them. They're all on their social media, scrolling through whatever before the games. Like, I think they really do pay attention to, you know, what people are saying and thinking and talking about. And I think they probably do respect, maybe not, I think they do respect, but I think they, they put a lot of weight into what a lot of these former players are saying about them and, and, and all that stuff. So, Maybe, like you said, Josue, having a couple former athlete, former NBA players, aside from like Evan Turner, I think he's probably somebody that, that has a, a good voice in that locker room. But more players like that, maybe can get through to these players. Um, I noticed that some, you know, quotes are starting to come out on Twitter from some of the players after the game. Looks like Kemba Walker said he's not really sure what pain that what that pain was that he felt in his side, but he says he still hurts a little bit and he's going to maybe get some more information on it tomorrow. So we'll wait and see if anything comes out there. And then the other thing that stood out to me, a few reporters were tweeting what Jalen Brown was having to say after the game. And Brown essentially sounded pretty upbeat, I guess was one of the words I saw, but basically wasn't dwelling on the loss and admitted that the Hornets came out with more energy and played better than they did. So on one hand, I don't want them to, I don't want them to be sulking and be all upset about losing. But on the other hand, no, they've been doing that all year. <laughs> right. So I don't want that. I, I don't want to see that type of quote. But on Yo, the other honestly, hand, as soon as you started off with Jalen Brown, I thought that's what you were going to say, that he was sulking. Well, so that's good. On the other hand, just chalking it up to, oh, they came up with more energy, but we've been playing well lately. So we'll let this one slide. It's like at the same time, like there's no excuse for the way you guys came out today. And there's no excuse for them playing better than you today. You had your full roster essentially. So I think a little, you know, a little responsibility would have been good to hear too. So here's the other I we'll thing. I'm, so I, I've John's been, in I, our ear to get over there. Well, I want to hit on one more thing. I've been piling this up in my head for I'm a while now. Supposed to keep that to yourself. <laughs> I, I, I've been thinking about all the different things Brad has said this year that haven't resonated. And someone asked him about resting Tatum, which I think today obviously would have been a sound day to probably do that. Three games in four days, five and seven against a team where they're overall relatively healthy. I think we would have been fine with Jalen and Kemba leading the show here today and trying to get a win against the undermanned team on the other side. They could have even done it after that turnover, sat them down for a while and just let Jalen and Kemba roll with this. And how, how long this year have we been saying Tatum needs a night off? Tatum needs a night off. He's exhausted. He hasn't gotten any time off this year. And someone asked him about it last week. And he said, yeah, we're planning to get him one next week. We just really haven't had the chance. And it's just like, you hadn't even thought about that to this point. Like, and and you're not planning that out. That's something that has obviously hurt this team this year. These nights where he looks exhausted 
And it looked like he took the game off anyways, to be honest. That's true. Yeah. But it's like Max if, would say, if you don't take that break, your body's gonna take it for you. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a mistake that they've made all year and they're just starting to think about it now as the season begins to wind down. That's just that's just frustrating. I think it's uh I think his excuse was the bodies haven't been there. But again, today yeah, the I mean, bodies were there. But that's the thing, Bobby. I mean, it's, it's it's tough to try to squeeze in a rest for him because it's like the Celtics need to start winning these games. They, it's that that winning streak obviously put them in a good spot, but they have to keep going at this point because you can't fall into that playing game. And I still like their chances of not, um, you know, having to do that. But still, I mean, especially throughout that span, what was it, fifty three points? He followed it up with a twenty eight point performance, thirty two points after that. He found that stride, but then yeah. So like uh, let's look at this week because. Brad and we've we've tossed around that idea of Kemba mm-hmm. playing the back end of back to backs. It, it's Tuesday against mm-hmm. Oklahoma City, Wednesday against Charlotte and Boston, and then Friday mm-hmm. in San Antonio. So which one of those days is going to be the Tatum rest day? Which one of those days mm-hmm. is going to be the Kemba rest day? And then obviously that Charlotte one means a little bit more because it's a direct competitor for that playing tournament. They're what a game and a half back of Boston now, so. Steven said Kemba's going to sit against Charlotte on the Wednesday because it's the back end of the back-to-back. So you're not going to sit Tatum there. You're not going to sit him against Oklahoma City, I don't think. Maybe. I guess that's a possibility. It's just like... Whatever. Who knows? They got to find it it's somewhere. It's impossible to know. Yeah, they do. They do. And I just want to say to the people commenting that I'm the reason of the vibration sound you're hearing. I've been My phone's been on my lap. So it's either Bobby or Josue... Every Yo, time you guys are getting a text, somebody's phone Tell your Tinder vibrates. girls that you need a break, all right? <laughs> tell them that you're busy right now. Yeah, I it's like Bobby. Right it's here. definitely it's not Bobby. Me. I like my this phone right here. in my pocket. I like this right, one. Does, does Mitchell need nights off or Luca or Fox or Jimmy or Joe Sway or Bobby? Oh, no, or Booker, he said. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's, no nights it's, off. it's different sometimes here because everybody's been out on the Celtics except him. And he had that COVID hiatus, but that was in rest. So, like, everybody else gets the night offs. Everybody else gets the rest. And he has to take a greater load on when those guys are out. So, he has underwent a higher burn than anybody this year. And the schedule's been condensed and all that stuff. But you can just tell. There's certain nights where he just doesn't have the energy. And he's probably like how John feels some nights, you know? Yeah. He he really takes nights off. So, he just... Yes, he has to pick things up for the for the squad. I will say we have had few down nights here on the show, so that that's a credit to something. But we do take games off. I've been away. Joe Sway's been away. Once in a while, Jimmy's, yeah, Jimmy yeah, takes the in a while. Jimmy takes the West Coast ones off. We, we've oh, all yeah. been in and out. John, <laughs> the constant. All right, we're going to LockerRoom.com uh, or LockerRoom app. Join LockerRoom.com if you got to get the app. Yo, and, join uh, us. Let's do it. And we will see you over there. Bring your questions, bring your takes, bring it all. Tuesday against Oklahoma City. Celtics have a three-game homestand coming up to wrap up April. And we're on the May in the playoffs. We'll see everybody then. Don't mess it up, Celtics. Don't mess it up. Oh, wait, real quick. Uh, Shout out to the new KG book. It's incredible, guys. I can't stop reading it. Uh, What is it? AZ. KG to AZ. AZ to KG. That's what it is. (laughs) If you were loving those Perkins stories, yeah, you got to dive into that. Yeah, I can read, Jimmy. You should check it out, too. (laughs) Can't read you, probably, the, you can't read the title, but you can read. You probably you probably know uh, a few of these stories. I do. It'll be reminiscent of those of that era for sure. I'll just uh, I'll just borrow it after you're done with it. KG doesn't need my money, man. He's got plenty. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you on locker room. I got you, then. All right.